This internet broadcast was recorded for release on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2022. Greetings. This is Terry Noeltel. January 1st, 2022 is the 240th anniversary of the death of John Christian Bach, the youngest son of Johann Sebastian, and, in my personal opinion, the most talented of the progeny. I do not mean in any way to belittle the accomplishments of Carl Philipp Emanuel, Wilhelm Friedemann, or Johann Christoph Friedrich. But for me personally, John Christian Bach, as he was known for the last 20 years of his life, is head and shoulders above his brothers. As an aside, I might make the observation that we have no idea how talented the daughters of Johann Sebastian were. After all, in those days, women were not professional musicians or composers. That, of course, is a discussion above and beyond the scope of these internet broadcasts. Those who have been long-time listeners are well aware that for a number of years it has been my practice to end the old year with a performance of Johann Sebastian Bach's Choral Prelude, Das Alte Jahr and to begin the new year with performances of Das Alte Jahr Vergangenist and the Choral Prelude that follows it in the Orgelbüchlein in Dir ist Freude. In this performance, which was recorded in 1956, the great French organist André Marchal performs on his house organ built by Victor González
André Marchal, one of the greatest organists of the 20th century. Like Louis Vierne and Gaston Littes, vision challenged. Monsieur Marchal was playing the Victor Gonzalez organ in his house. Two chorale preludes by Johann Sebastian Bach from the Orgelbüchlein. Das alte Jahr vergangen ist, BWV 614, and In ist Freude, BWV 215. I cannot begin the new year without paying tribute to one of the most wonderful people I've ever known. He honored me with his friendship and his mentorship. I speak of Don Pablo Casals, who was born on December 29th, 
the Marlborough Festival Orchestra, Henry Nowak, Wilmer Wise, Louis Opaleski trumpets, John Mack, Patricia Grenier oboes, John Wire, timpani, Ruth Laredo piano continuo. Pablo Casals conducting. Pablo Casals, born December twenty ninth, eighteen seventy six. That recording of the Bach Ouverture number no. three in D major, the so called orchestral suite number no. three in D major, BWV one zero six eight, was an absolute revelation for me. When I heard the opening ouverture from that recording at the age of nineteen. It was a lightning bolt. I understood why Casals, as a conductor of the music of Johann Sebastian Bach, a conductor who was not at all interested in so-called authenticity, was so marvelous. The fugue, yadadam, pop, 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 just unbelievable. I was instantly a convert, and, as many of you know, I have been a devotee ever since. I revere him, and I am so grateful that he took me under his wing, mentored me, and became my friend. Don Pablo, thank you, thank you, thank you. And now... Let us focus on John Christian Bach, who was born on September 5, 1735, and died on New Year's Day, January 1, 1782. As far as I personally am concerned, he was the most brilliant of the four talented musical compositional sons of Johann Sebastian Bach, Wilhelm Friedemann, Karl Philipp Emanuel Bach, and Johann Christoph Friedrich Bach. Johann Christian, as he was born, crystal to the family, was the youngest son of Johann Sebastian Bach, the youngest son of Johann Sebastian and Anna Magdalena Wilkenbach. One of the earliest advocates of the music of John Christian Bach in the 20th century was the conductor Willem Mengelberg. This recording is a concert performance that was recorded ironically, on the anniversary of the birth of his father. This recording was made in concert in the Concertgebouw in Amsterdam on March 21, 1943. The pianist is Marinus Flipse. The Concertgebouw Orchestra is conducted by Willem Mengelberg. In this performance, of John Christian Bach's Piano Concerto, 
Opus 13, Number 4.
was the soloist with the Concertgebouw Orchestra under the direction of Willem Mengelberg. A performance recorded in concert in the Concertgebouw in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, on March 21, 1943. John Christian Bach, the keyboard concerto, Opus 13, Number 4. Another early advocate of the music of John Christian Bach was the Swiss conductor and philanthropist Paul Zacher. In 1951, 52, and 53, he recorded music of John Christian Bach with the Wiener Symphoniker, the Vienna Symphony Orchestra. In his recording of the Concerto in E-flat major for keyboard and strings, Opus 7, Number 5, by John Christian Bach, the soloist is Gustav 
Leonard.
John Christian Bach, the Concerto in E-flat Major for Keyboard and String Orchestra, Opus 7, Number 5. In this recording, which was made either in 1951-52 season or in December of 1953, the harpsichordist was the great Gustav Leonhardt at the beginning of his distinguished career. The Wiener Symphoniker, the Vienna Symphony Orchestra, was conducted by Paul Zacher. Johann Christian Bach was about six weeks away from his 15th birthday when his father died. One thing led to another, and he ended up being sent to Berlin to live with his older half-brother, Karl Philipp Emanuel Bach, with whom he studied for a couple of years. One thing led to another. According to Forkel, Johann Christian was taken a shine to by an Italian opera singer, and he went to Italy with her. Yet again, one thing led to another. He ended up in Bologna as a pupil of the legendary Padre Martini, who, as it happens, was an admirer of his father and had a copy of Das Musikalisches Opfer. Padre Martini became Giovanni Cristiano Bach's mentor and pedagogue who finished his musical education. John Christian Bach, Giovanni Cristiano Bach, ended up in Milano, had a potent patron there, and in the process, horror of horrors to his parents, if they knew, his father certainly didn't, converted to Roman Catholicism. This was not casual for professional reasons. John Christian Bach, Giovanni Cristiano Bach, at that time in his life, was a lifelong Roman Catholic and died in the Catholic faith. He ended up as the organist of the cathedral in Milano. And while he was a young man in Milano, he was called upon to compose a requiem, which is in two parts. The introitus and curiae are in F major. The dies irae is in C minor. In this performance, Lenica Royton is the soprano, Ruth Sandoff, 
the contralto, Colin Baltzer, the tenor, Thomas E. Bauer, the bass, the RIAS Kammer Corps, and the Academy für Alte Musik Berlin, playing period instruments, are conducted by Hans Radolf Radermann. Giovanni Cristiano Bach, the Missa di Requiem.
Oh. 
Thank you. 
Can you imagine? He was only twenty-two, the same age that his father was, when his father wrote the Actus Tragicus, Cortis Zeitis de Alabesta Zeit, BWV 106, and Auster Tiefen, BWV 131. Giovanni Cristiano Bach, as he was known in Italy, while organist at the cathedral in Milano. The Missa di Requiem, the Introitus and Curie in F major, the Requiem in C minor, Lenica Reuton soprano, Ruth Sandolf contralto, Colin Batzer, tenor, Thomas E. Bauer, bass, the RIAS Kammerchor, and the Académie für Alte Musik, Berlin, playing period instruments, directed by Hans Christoph Radermann. Here are the same forces playing another composition that Giovanni Cristiano Bach composed at the age of 22. Here is his Miserere in B-flat major. Thank you. 
Giovanni Cristiano Bach, The Miserere in B-flat Major, written when he was 22. What a remarkable composition. He was every bit as skilled as a composer at 22 as his father was when his father wrote The Actus Tragicus and Austertiefen. In that performance, Lenica Reuten, soprano, Ruth Sandhoff, contralto, Colin Balzer, tenor, Thomas E. Bauer, bass, the RIAS Kammer Corps, and the Académie für Alte Musik Berlin, playing period instruments, directed by Hans Christoph Rademann. In 1762, Giovanni Cristiano Bach made a trip to London. He ended up staying there. It became his base of operations, and he became John Christian Bach. And I bristle when people describe him as Johann Christian Bach, because for the last 19 years of his life, he was John Christian Bach. And that is the name that I personally prefer to use, rather than his birth name, Johann Christian Bach. He was introduced into the royal family circle. And, of course, King George III was a Hanoverian, and his wife, Charlotte of Mecklenburg-Strelitz, was also German. So, German was the lingua franca in their household, and John Christian Bach fitted in perfectly. He became, in essence, music master to the family. Now, as things arranged themselves, a harpsichord that King George III's father, Frederick Lewis, Prince of Wales, commissioned for Kew Palace, is still there in the very room for which it was made by Burkhardt Schutte in 1740. This surely was an instrument that John Christian Bach played and played frequently, and he was every bit as gifted a keyboard player as his father and his brothers were. Here is Martin Sauter playing the harpsichord that Burkhardt Schutte made for Q Palace in 1740. The Sonata in D Major, Opus 5, by John Christian Bach. And remember, John Christian Bach played this instrument.
John Christian Bach, the keyboard sonata in D major from Opus 5. The performer, Martin Souter. The instrument, an instrument that was made by Burkhat Chudi in 1740 on commission from Frederick Lewis, Prince of Wales, for Kew Palace where it resides to this day. This is a harpsichord that almost certainly was played on numerous occasions by John Christian Bach. John Christian Bach was a generous and giving human being, and he took delight in mentoring younger musicians. One musician he took under his wing was the child prodigy Wolfgang Amade Mozart when Mozart came to London as a child of eight in 1764. The friendship between the two was enduring and in fact in 1778 when Mozart made the disastrous trip to Paris that included the sad death of his mother, um, John Christian Bach took him in because he knew that Mozart was not able to find much work. Don't pay for a hotel. Come stay with me in the suburbs. Mozart's first piano concertos are not quote-unquote, original. They are, in the main, adaptations, transcriptions of music by John Christian Bach. One of these is the concerto in D major, Kirchhoffet's Eignis 107, which Mozart assembled in 17... 72. It is a transcription of a keyboard sonata in D major from John Christian Bach's Opus 5. I think you'll recognize it. What is particularly interesting about this performance is it is played on a square piano that belonged at one time to John Christian Bach because he signed it on the soundboard. It is now in the famous collection of rare keyboard instruments in Hatchlands, Surrey, England and was generously made available for this recording by the Cobby Collections Trust at Hatchlands, Surrey, England. The recording was made in the music room at Hatchlands. The forte pianist David Owen Norris. He is partnered by Sonnerie, Monica Hoggett, and Amelia Benjamin Violins, Joseph Crouch, cello, playing on 
period instruments. Joseph Crouch, by the way, is the brother of the wonderful Gabriel Crouch, music director of the Princeton University Glee Club and the founder and director of the early music vocal ensemble Galli Cantus. Wolfgang Amade Mozart, the piano concerto in D major, KV 107, transcribed from a keyboard sonata in D major from John Christian Bach's collection of keyboard sonatas, Opus 5. Thank you. 
Wolfgang Amadei Mozart, the piano concerto in D major, KV 107. Of course, what that is, is a transcription of that very same keyboard sonata in D major from John Christian Bach's Opus 5 that Martin Souter played for you on the Burkhardt Schutte harpsichord in Kew Palace that was commissioned by George III's father, Frederick Lewis, Prince of Wales. David Owen Norris played the piano concerto arrangement on a piano now in the Cobby Collections Trust at Hatchlands, Surrey, England, that at one time belonged to John Christian Bach, who signed it on the soundboard. David Owen Norris was partnered by Sonnery, Monica Huggett and Amelia Benjamin, violins, Joseph Crouch, cello, all playing, of course, on period instruments. Earlier in this internet broadcast, I shared with you a historic recording made in Amsterdam in March of 1943 of a keyboard concerto by John Christian Bach. The conductor was Willem Mengelberg. Willem Mengelberg was a pioneer advocate of the music of John Christian Bach and amongst the first, if not the first, to bring orchestral music of John Christian Bach's back into the standard repertory. During his tenure as music director of the Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra of New York, he made the first recording of any of the symphonies of John Christian Bach. Here is the recording that he made with the Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra of New York in Carnegie Hall on January 16th, 1929, of John Christian Bach's Symphony in B-flat major, opus 18, number 2. Maestro Mengelberg uses the performing edition prepared by Fritz Stein. Thank you. 
That recording of John Christian Bach's Symphony in B-flat Major, Opus 18, Number 2, was made in Carnegie Hall on January 16, 1929, by the Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra of New York, conducted by its then music director, Willem Mengelberg, who was a pioneer advocate of the music of John Christian Bach. In fact, that recording of the Fritz Stein performing edition of the symphony appears to be the earliest recording of any of the orchestral music of John Christian Bach. Like many of the symphonies of John Christian Bach, it did double duty. It also was the overture to his opera, Lucio Silla. Let us hear it again, this time in a performance of the original text on period instruments by the Hanover Band under the direction of Anthony Halstead.
Christian Bach, the Symphony in B-flat Major, Opus 18, Number 2, the Hanover Band, playing period instruments, was under the direction of Anthony Halstead in that recording, which was made in 1999. And, as I said, that symphony did double duty. It also was the overture to the opera Lucio Silla, which John Christian Bach wrote for the court of Mannheim in 1775. 